Hi, my loves. Welcome or welcome back to What the F Am I Doing? Hosted by me, your girl, Alice. On this podcast, we have honest and introspective conversations about all things relational psychology, which really just is a fancy term for all things relationships, with, of course, a spiritual twist. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure to follow and press play if you are ready to break up with your personal limitations, heal your relationship wounds and traumas, and embody your most magnetic self. So without further ado, let's get started. Go get your cup of tea or cup of coffee and let's chat. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy hump day. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. But anyways, I'm so glad you are tuning in today. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. Today's topic is all about people pleasing. People pleasing tendencies, being a people pleaser, why I hate being a people pleaser, why it's so hard not to be a people pleaser anymore. The list goes on. And unfortunately, I think we've all had our fair share of our own people pleasing tendencies from one time to another. And so let's talk about it today because I want to dive into the deep psychology of why we become people pleasers, where it really stems from, and how we can actually learn to take our power back and no longer be conditioned by our earlier societal conditionings about what it means to be a quote-unquote good person or what it means to be a righteous person. So just going to break down what this episode is going to look like for you so you know exactly what we're diving into. First, we're going to talk about what a people pleaser is and um, then we're going to move on to talking about how we actually become people pleasers in the first place. And then we're going to move on to talk about why it is so freaking hard to not be a people pleaser anymore. Why it's so hard to break the pattern of being a people pleaser. And then lastly, we are going to end it off by chatting about, you know, how you can recover as a people pleaser and what are the ways you can finally take your power back for good and no longer be a people pleaser. And I do want to emphasize and preface by saying that nothing is, nothing happens, um, why, I don't know why my mind is drawing a blank right now. Oh, nothing happens overnight. That's what I meant to say. Oh my gosh, that took me so long. Clearly my head is not screwed on straight today, but yeah, it's it's not going to take a day to not like it's not going to take an overnight transformation to become a person who has their own power back and not a people pleaser anymore. That just that just doesn't happen. So, prefacing this by saying that it is going to take time, it's going to take practice, and it's going to take a little bit of patience with yourself. So, let us get started. What is a people pleaser? A people pleaser, in my opinion, is someone that tends to overextend themselves in order to meet someone else's needs. And this often is done by sacrificing your own needs and your own happiness and your own boundaries in order to make somebody else happy 
or make somebody else feel more satisfied. A people pleaser will often put themselves or well, sorry, let me backtrack. A people pleaser will will put others before themselves pretty much because they think that is the only way they'll get approval or they'll get love or acceptance from the other person. And contrary to what people think or what people usually say, people pleasers are not necessarily innocent people. And I'm sorry that I have to say that to you because you probably think that you being a people pleaser is 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 you being a good person and it means that you're a righteous person, but it's actually if you really look into the psychology of why people become people pleasers and why we have a tendency to abandon our own selves in order to serve others, it is a conditioned manipulation tactic that we have, we kind of learn to use as a false form of self-righteousness and goodness. And yeah, that's the honest and ugly truth that just because you're a people pleaser or just, just because you think someone or you know someone that is a people pleaser does not necessarily mean that they are innocent or that they don't have their own secret back-ended agenda. So you might be wondering, you know, how do we become people pleasers in the first place? Like, where does this start to happen to us? Like, I don't remember ever being a people pleaser, but I feel like I was just born a people pleaser. And I'm going to tell you that that is not true. You were not born a people pleaser, okay? (laughs) You had your own mind, you had your own wants and needs, and you had your own ways of getting those wants and needs satisfied. However, at an early age, and we're talking about, again, always going back to our most formative years, which is usually between the ages of one to eight, we learn as children what we need to do in order to please our caregivers so that we can get our own needs met. And we have to do this because at a young age, we don't yet know how to use language. We don't yet know how to properly communicate our needs. And oftentimes, even our caregivers, they were never taught how to properly verbalize their needs and their wants. And sometimes it's also because you're so young, right? And maybe the only way you know how to get your needs satisfied is to cry because you don't yet have the language for it. So what happens is when we've been conditioned by our caregivers um, at this young age, what we're conditioned to understand and to realize is this, that number one, love is conditional, that in order for you to receive love, you must give something away. You must somewhat compromise or sacrifice something of your own. And in order to obtain that love or acceptance or even approval in exchange for what you want, essentially you have to give something up, okay? And so we learn at a young age that in order for us to ever get anything we want, we have to allow other people's needs to trump over ours, And that this is the only way we can ever possibly get our needs met. So it's the exchange. It's an exchange, whether that be 
um, verbal exchange, emotional exchange, energy exchange. We have to give something out off in order to receive something in return. And that unfortunately is the reality of most of our upbringing for most people. And that is not to say that it is our parents' fault. It is not to say that it is our fault, but that is just how society have conditioned for everything to kind of work in this in this life, okay? In this um, patriarchal conditioned capitalistic society. So when you think about it, when you were a child, maybe your mom and dad would only give you hugs and kisses or they'll only be nice to you if you behaved, if you didn't cry, if you didn't listen to them, they would, you know, not give you that kind of love and affection that you need. Therefore, you've learned to understand that a lot of the times you can't get what you want until you satisfy the other person first. And as a child, what you come to understand and see is that love is withheld until you sacrifice yourself. And when you have this kind of conditioning brought to you over and over again as as a young child and when you gradually grow to become an adult, you make this a way of seeing yourself and you start to inherently identify your worth and your value based upon how others receive you in terms of how others will do for you. Um, And this is very, very tough. This is very tough to not only be consciously aware of when you're a child, most children are not consciously aware of this, but when you see it now as an adult and you are more consciously aware of it, this is where um, the unhealthy or toxic toxicity lies. So why is it so hard to not be a people pleaser anymore, you may be wondering. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that because your self-identification has become so enmeshed with your personal worthiness and value regarding what you do or don't do for others, you learn to identify yourself like this for so long that you become scared that people are going to misunderstand your kind heart and they're going to perceive you in a way in which you think is not acceptable or proud of. And this type of social conditioning creates a pattern of internal shame and immense guilt, so much so that abandoning your own needs and holding your own boundaries doesn't seem to be that bad compared to how we want to feel accepted, loved, and approved. So what can you actually do then to start recovering as a people pleaser and actually take your power back for good? There are nine points that I want to go through that are just reminders for yourself that you have to constantly remind yourself of, okay? And these are things you can write down maybe on like a memo, like on your phone or something. But these are the things that I always try to remind myself when I catch my people-pleasing tendencies or when I feel like I want to abandon my own truth in order to please another person. So here goes. 
Number one, recovering from your people-pleasing tendencies will take time and practice. So you have to be patient with yourself. That is the most important thing that you have to remind yourself anytime you are trying to learn how to become a more empowered person is that this stuff takes time. This stuff takes work and this stuff takes practice. And for all of those things to be in place, you have to have love, patience, compassion for yourself. Number two, what you have to remind yourself is that practicing standing up for your personal truth and or boundaries is going to feel very, very scary. And it's going to feel very, very uncomfortable. And you're going to want to back out of the opportunity when it presents itself. But you know what I say to that? I say go for it anyways, because this is the only way you will ever get over it, which is to face your fucking fears. And of course, we all don't want to hear that, but that is the fucking truth. Number three, you have to remind yourself that You know how there's that saying that, you know, the only people who are not going to be happy with you setting boundaries are the people that benefit the most from you not having boundaries in the first place. So remind yourself, like, do you actually want someone that respects you and cares about how you feel? Or would you rather keep someone in your life that doesn't give two shits about you? Because I think that that is a very hard, that's a very easy, um, decision to make like I obviously would rather have people in my life that actually genuinely care about how I feel and so if someone is going to benefit from me not having boundaries then they can go fuck off (laughs) okay respectfully (laughs) number four you have to remind yourself that how someone chooses to perceive you saying no or how someone chooses to misunderstand you and your intentions is not something you can control. And it is therefore not in your best interest to hold hold on to that as a direct reflection of how you feel about yourself. Um, other people's perceptions of you are always flawed because they are not in your mind. They don't actually understand where you're coming from sometimes. And it's also tons of tons of time is also a reflection of their own um, mistrust or or distrust in themselves and in other people and their own personal, I guess, small t traumas of how they experience rejection. Number five, remind yourself that through setting boundaries, you're no longer playing into people-pleasing tendencies and you'll finally be able to see people for who they truly are and how mature and conscious they are. Number six, when you stop becoming a people pleaser, you are basically giving the people around you the opportunity, I don't know why I said that so weird. You're basically giving other people the opportunity to show up for you. And if they fall short of that, then you know exactly where they stand in your life. Number seven, and this is more an, an, um, an egoic way of thinking, which is to say that why would you ever overextend yourself for someone who doesn't even deserve you bending backwards for them in the first place? Like, think about that. If someone doesn't even deserve to be in your life, why 
would you ever want to overextend yourself and abandon and sacrifice your own boundaries for that person? And would they do the same thing in return for you? Probably not. So that is more of an egoic way of thinking about things. This is obviously not what I personally think you should use as a as like the utmost important reminder for yourself but this is definitely something that you can remind yourself of to help you understand the dynamic between you and the other person number eight how someone chooses to take rejection is based off of their own shadow relationships with being rejected and it has nothing to do with you So say you flip it around. It's the same thing. Observe how you react when someone says no to you, when you get rejected. You'll understand how truly deep this wound and conditioning really is. And lastly, number nine, remind yourself that when you are recovering as a people pleaser and you're putting in the work to set your boundaries and say no, to another person. This is an opportunity for you to do shadow work, which is really essentially learning how to accept and see the parts of yourself that you think are are maybe that you're ashamed about. The parts of you that you are so scared of being misunderstood. So let me give you an example. Say you get misunderstood for someone... um, let me think about how I should word this. Say you get, okay, say you get misunderstood, right? And because of what you said, because of what you did, now this other person thinks that, oh, you're not a very generous person. And you hate the fact that someone has this perception about you that, oh, I'm not a generous person. The fear that you feel inside that you don't want people to think you aren't a generous person because maybe you think you are actually not a generous person or maybe you think that you are actually a generous person. All these things, that fear that lies inside of you, that is part of a social conditioning too. Because when you think about it, what is so wrong about not being a generous person all the time? Like realistically speaking, not everyone is generous all the time. And yes, maybe we've been conditioned as a society that being generous is a virtuous thing. But to say that you are not a generous, to to say that you are not generous in this one situation and using that as a blanket statement to say that you are not a generous, generous person, period, is to cut yourself off from being what is truly who you are, which is a dynamic and ever-changing, evolving human being. And honestly, that's just absurd, right? So that's those are all the reminders and the things that I want you to keep in your mind when you are doing this work. Now, you might be wondering, okay, well, practically speaking, like, can you please teach me how to actually not become a people pleaser anymore? How do I actually set boundaries with people? And boundaries could be a whole a whole nother episode because I have a lot to say about boundaries. But here I'm just going to break it down um, on some of the gradual ways you can start to not be a people pleaser anymore or recover from being a people pleaser. If you are a beginner at setting boundaries and you're a beginner at um, 
understanding how to do this work, I would recommend that you start off by using an excuse to say why you can't do something for someone. So I know this sounds really cringe and this sounds awfully wrong, but hear me out. When you give someone an excuse as to why you can't help them out, you are essentially allowing yourself to practice what it feels like to let somebody down. And letting somebody down sounds bad, but that's just how I'm going to word it right now, okay? And the reason why I recommend you use an excuse to start off with if you're new to this work is because you don't yet have the courage to tell your honest truth. And practicing this work really, really requires you to take baby steps. So an example of this could look like, say your friend wants you to drive her to downtown to meet up with a guy. And say you're free and you don't actually have any plans that day and technically you could drive her down to meet up with this guy but you don't want to you simply don't want to there's no other reason why you would want to because number one it's going to cost money to for you to drive all the way down because it's gas expense right maybe you don't want to drive your friend down because now you've Get, have to get out of your pajamas, actually get dressed and go all the way down there. So there's no incentive for you to actually do this. But because you're a people pleaser, you find ways to tell yourself that you should do this for this person. And when you're trying to recover from your people pleasing tendencies, when I say use an excuse, I mean literally use an excuse. So tell your friend, oh, I can't because maybe, oh, I can't because I have a, I don't know, I have a hangout with a friend later and I won't be able to drive you, you know? Come up with an excuse. Come up with a realistic excuse. And again, I have to say, I know you don't want to hear this and I know this sounds really irking to certain people, but this is how you have to start in order to practice to not be a people pleaser, okay? So you start small in baby steps. Number one is you make an excuse. And by making an excuse, you are learning how to accept and allow yourself to let people down, okay? And then the graduation from an excuse would be to use an excuse with an honest truth. So that could look like, we can take the same situation. Like if your friend's asking you to drive her downtown to meet up with a guy and you really don't want to and you don't care to and you just, yeah, you just don't want to, right? Your excuse might be, oh, I have a, you know, I'm hanging out with a friend later. I don't think I can drive you. It's going to be hard to manage my time and my schedule. The truth to that is that it's going to be hard to manage my time and my schedule. The reason why this works to help you build more power and to become less of a people pleaser is because now you're learning how to not only let people down, but you're learning how to use your actual truth, what you feel deeply inside within that context. And so you're learning how to actually tell people honestly what you feel 
and what you actually want to say. So think of the excuse now becomes kind of like a cushion for you, a cushion for you to speak your truth. Okay, so this is now a graduation from just giving the person an excuse. And as soon as you practice these two steps, you can now graduate, gradually move on to, I would call the expert level of turning someone down or of um, letting someone down, which is you just say the fucking truth. So in this scenario, like I said, if your friend is asking you to bring her, drive her downtown to meet up with a guy, you can simply just say to her, you know what? A part of me wants to, but I think that because I don't, um, I don't feel like it's a really productive way of using my time. And I think that I have other, I, I, I have pre- planned my day to look a certain way and I have other priorities I have that I really want to get to today it's just not realistic for me to drive you downtown and I am sorry that I cannot be you know I don't have the capacity to help you when you need but there are other alternative ways like you can take the sky train you can take a bus maybe you have another friend that can give you a ride So it's hard, right? It's hard. It's icky. It's gross. It's so hard to have to actually say the truth and be honest with your friend. It doesn't even have to be a friend, right? This could apply to any situation where someone's asking you for something. They need you to do something. They need you to sacrifice your own needs or they need you to abandon your own boundaries in some sort of way. And the fact that you have to tell them the truth and not actually blanket it with an excuse is so freaking uncomfortable and it's so hard. But realize that your truth does not never does it ever have to be rude. It doesn't have to be disrespectful. And like I said in my example, the truth is just the honest, the honesty of how you are feeling. And by giving that honesty, obviously you don't want to come off too harsh or too rude. To me, it has to be delivered in a very, very respectful, empathetic, and truthful way. And for me, I understand, like from what I understand about all life in itself and relationships in general, is that honesty is the best policy. And as much as we don't want to believe that to be true, no relationship and no friendship can be loving and authentic if we can't be truthful with ourselves or with other people. If you are afraid to say no in any of these situations, rather than using the language N-O, like no, you know, no, I don't want to help you. No, I don't feel like it. No, I don't want to do this for you. You could let them down easily by using other alternative words, right? By saying, oh, I'm not comfortable with it or doing this makes me feel unsafe or you can say, or as much as I would love to help you and I want to help you, this doesn't align with what feels right to me right now. I want you to be open, honest, and transparent with who you are because you deserve to be in your truth and the other person 
deserves to know the truth. And any excuse and any lie that you come up with at the end of the day is a disservice to both you and the other person. So all these steps are going to take practice again. They're going to take patience and a huge load of self-love. I don't know why I said huge load. That sounds kind of nasty. <laughs> a huge load of self-love. It takes a lot of self-love, okay? And again, I reiterate this. It's going to feel very daunting at the core of it. And you will feel like you're kind of risking your identity and your own self-image that you've been trying to cultivate and that you you identify with so so close with. But the act of setting these boundaries and learning to reel back from your people-pleasing tendencies is the moment that you will start learning. You, it, it is the moment that you'll start to learn how to liberate yourself from being shackled by all these um, images that people have identified you as. And you finally get to be who tr- who you truly are. And isn't that the most freeing and loving thing that you can do for yourself and for the other person, right? So I, I truly hope this episode was helpful and I hope you learn to reframe and understand what recovering from people-pleasing tendencies really look like and what it's all about. And what it's required of you. If you want to break out of your own limitations and expand into a more authentic and more empowered self, you have to face your fears and you have to put in the work to practice it. And I am a thousand percent here to support you. And if you're already on this journey and doing the work, I am so proud of you because I understand how hard it it all all of it like i understand how hard it is but this is a process and you are moving in the right direction by doing this work to love yourself more and to also give the up other per to give other people opportunities to love you better or to love you in the way that you need and that's the end of this episode. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it and as much as I did. And, um, I, you know, I'm still struggling through my own recovering journey. Um, so I'm definitely not a thousand percent an expert at this anymore, like at this at all. Uh, there are times when I have to just give an excuse like I can't tell them the truth for some reason and but there the amount of times that I actually have to use an excuse rather than tell my truth has lowered significantly and I'm very proud of myself for that and you will start to notice that as you continue to do this work and as you continue to learn to speak your truth and stand in your full honest authentic self you will feel so much more liberated, so much more free, so much more carefree, and you will actually learn to have a lot of compassion for other people who have a bad relationship with being rejected or or all of that stuff, you know? And 
there will come a time when you will start to learn to feel more fulfilled within yourself for making these hard decisions and for doing these this this hard work. Yeah. And I'm going to leave you guys off with this. Uh, let me know in the comments or send me a message through my uh, link link form. Is it called my link form? I don't even know. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Hi, my loves. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. If you don't already know, by pressing play, you've now just moved a step forward into the direction of your own expansion and healing. I'm so proud of you and I can't wait to catch up again next Wednesday. Make sure to send this episode to anyone else you know who may benefit from listening. And for those that are interested, link is in my bio for one-on-one coaching for more personalized advice. Let's meet back here again next Wednesday and chat with you all soon. Bye!